grace and peace. You're listening to United We Pray. Taking racial struggles to the throne of grace, United We Pray is a podcast devoted to prayer about racial strife, especially between Christians. We want to help Christians think better about race in a way that is biblical, beneficial, and clear. Uh, Friends, we want to be hopeful and helpful in our work. You can learn more about it at uwepray.com. That's U-W-E-P-R-A-Y.com, where you can find articles, old episodes, and more. I'm the host, Isaac Adams. I'm here with my co-host, Austin Suter, who says he has some questions for me uh, today. So Austin, uh, Austin and I, we sometimes we put our head together on episodes ahead of time. Sometimes we just come up with things we want to talk about. And Austin, it sounds like you have some things you want to ask about. Uh, and if I don't know, I will just turn it back, right back around to you and ask you. So, but go for it, man. <laughs> sounds good. Well, I wanted to talk about unity. Mm. I mean, it's in the name of our ministry and what we do. Yeah. We talk a lot about unity, but it's one of those words that's just sort of around as a buzzword that we often don't take the time to define. Yeah. And so I wanted to focus in on it with you and ask you some questions about what it is, why you think it's important. Um, So just at the top, how would you define unity and specifically uniquely Christian unity? It's a good question. Um, I mean, synonyms are coming to mind, togetherness, harmony. And I would just, I would probably, if I'm, if I'm, trying to use biblical language here, harmony uh, or peace, uh, live at peace with one another. So Ephesians 2, Christ is our peace. Uh, Matthew, blessed are the peacemakers, James James 2, James 3, uh, a harvest of righteousness is sown in peace by those who make peace. Uh, so um, we want to, I think we want to describe it as peace between, for our purposes at least, peace between ethnicities. Uh I'm happy with that definition. I'm sure there are better, but yeah, peace between ethnicity. Because what we don't want, we don't want just DMZ neutralized, like, I won't hate you, you won't hate me, I won't kill you, you kill me, you won't kill me, you'll be in your church, I'll be in my church, and we'll share the same Jesus, but not the same love for one another. That doesn't, that's not an option biblically speaking. And I think some Christians are settling for that option um, of, you know, I won't be overtly racist uh, or prejudiced against you, uh, but I'm not going to love you. And that is not what I'm talking about when I'm talking about unity. Yeah. Right there at the end sort of gets out how I've been thinking about it in working on this episode is just the oneness um, as a more positive unity than just the absence of conflict. And what makes it uniquely Christian is that we are one in Christ, the way Paul talks about it in Ephesians, is as one new humanity. That's right. That that is Christian unity. Yes, yes, good, well said. And and you cannot have that unity outside of Christ. That is that is key. He is our peace. Paul says. So if we're you know we're not we're not trying to have an atheistic unity here or a kumbaya kind of feel good. Yeah. So why is this so important? Oh man, um, for John seventeen. There, it's it's so important for many reasons. But what comes to mind? John seventeen. Uh, Jesus prays. Jesus praying in the garden. In the garden. So I mean, these are his most stressful moments on earth, right? You, we're going to just use common grace deduction skills. Let, let's assume these are the things that Jesus thinks are most important that he's taking before the Father, and what he's taking before the Father is the Father's own glory, and he asks that we might uh, be one together. Now, I think that has more uh, theologically behind it than simply just racial unity, but I don't think it has anything less. Uh, and he asks that we might be one that the world might know that the Father sent him. 
So this is connect. I, I say this often. Uh, usually, when I'm talking to people who maybe have some more questions about this conversation, if you care about evangelism, that is, if you care about our witness about the gospel, you should care about racism. Period. Uh, you should Amen. care about divisions within the body. Period, because it's connected to our bearing witness and testimony about the Son's coming. So it's important for that reason. It's important for the second commandment, uh, is the second greatest commandment, is like the first. It's not disconnected from the first. We love God uh, in no small part by loving our neighbor. So if we care about these things, we should care about what's happening to our neighbor. So there are more biblical reasons I could give, but those are at least two. So I think sometimes people can rightly have a frustration with this conversation because it sounds like we want to talk about reconciliation but never talk about race. Racism, or I've even heard, uh, you know, some evangelicals have a unity fetish. Well, I, I hear that. I'm even. I might be sympathetic to it on, you know, Tuesdays at three in the afternoon. But most every time of the other day of the of the week, I understand there to be a biblical priority on unity amongst Christians. So even even Paul's point is not to produce, in Romans 14, let's just take it out of race when we're talking about conscience, he is saying, uh, he is trying to preserve unity. He's not necessarily trying to convince everyone to have the same mind, even though he's saying, hey, I think this one opinion is better. But uh, yeah, we... We want to understand that this really matters for the church, uh, and it matters for our witness. And I appreciate that Romans 14 example, because it's not like we at United We Pray are saying that racism is the worst sin, or it's a in a unique category of a, a special attack against unity. It's one of many ways that sinners have tried to disrupt the unity of God's people. Correct. That we Correct. in our sin fail to love each other Correct. as Jesus commanded us. Correct. And, and I would, I mean, so, and I'll even say, I mean, I'll lean on that a little. I think you'll agree with this, but I, I would say it is in this country a primary way. I mean, we are living within one of the great shadows of greed and racism and the horrid mix of them and how that's affected our society uh, and affects our society. Uh, so, yeah, I think that's why I see it as important to give special attention to it, but agree with what you're saying. Um, oh, and I completely agree with that. That's where I was going. Yeah. Um, yeah. In, yeah in saying that it's, no, that's fine. Uh, I appreciate the clarification. And we see that even in the New Testament, that there's ethnic conflict in the early church. This is not new or specifically unique to Americans as the only ones to ever struggle with racism, but the American experience of racism is unique. And so we need to address it specifically. Yeah, that's right. That's right. And just one more thing on that Romans 14 thing. Uh, One pastor said this, I think it's helpful. Paul's primary aim is to preserve unity amidst diversity of conscience, but often our primary aim is to eliminate disagreement. And I don't know if you're planning on driving the car this way, but I do want to make clear where I am sympathetic with the kind of, let's just say, the charge of unity fetish. uh, Of course, I think that could be phrased better, um, is that unity can be a real idol for Christians. uh, And we have to be careful of that. So in other words, you know, we don't bring up, I think sometimes I want to write about this. You know, I think sometimes we excommunicate idea—we'd rather excommunicate an idea versus a divisive person. Scripture talks about putting out divisive people, uh, and with that comes divisive ideas, I understand. Um, But I think sometimes we're quick to say, well, we can't—we just simply can't talk about these things for the sake of unity. And at that question, it's then, okay, what are we trying to be united in? Are we trying to be united in a mirage or a facade of, you know, superficiality? 
Are we trying to be united in Christ who deals with our deepest problems uh, and who deals with us to the core of our hearts? And that is a different thing, uh, I think, than the kind of what I would call a more kind of kumbaya, just peace as the absence of conflict. Uh, And I don't think any marriage you can look at can function that way of like, well, we just don't talk about hard things. Well, it just doesn't work like that for real oneness like you or you. Okay. We're not shooting for uniformity of thought necessarily. We're shooting for agreement of priorities, love for each other. Right. I mean, and this is where, you know, conscience is helpful. So in Andy Nacelli's book on conscience, he talks about different tiers. We do need uniformity of thought on some things. We need uniformity of thought that racism is bad uh, or just even higher tier, that Jesus is God, that he got up from the dead. We need unity of thought on these things. I'm looking through Delighting in the Trinity, though, right now. And he has Michael Reese. that's so good. We need to plug that book. Yeah, I think it's I think it is useful to read uh, even for this conversation. And he has some line in here where he just talks about he's looking at the prayer and John 17, and he says, uh, page 104, Jesus prays that believers might be one, but not that they might all be the same. Right. Uh, and that's really important. When we're talking about unity, we're not talking about this kind of uniformity uh, where we don't, like, you know, bring your ideas to the table and we'll, let's talk about them uh, in the respective tiers. So if tier one is, hey, you need to agree on this to be a Christian, tier two is you need to agree on this so we can be in the same church. I love my Presbyterian family. We disagree on baptism, uh, so we can't be members of the same church, but I think they're Christians. And then tier three is, uh, hey, we can be in the same church. We can be Christians. We're just going to disagree on the time of the millennium or other things. And we have to figure out where race falls in those tiers. Right, right. And it's not flat either. Like you mentioned earlier, if someone doesn't agree that racism is bad, that's an issue of fellowship. Yes, yes, 100%, 100%. And that gets to, I mean, we were talking about this on the coronavirus episode, that gets to definitions and things and all the different permutations, which is what makes this conversation so sticky and yet so important. Uh, You know, if I think it's only against black people, but black people can't be racist. Well, what do we do with that black man yelling at the Asian Asian man on the train in the midst of coronavirus? You know, Um, so we got to we got to talk about that. Well, you mentioned divisive topics and divisive ideas. If unity is so important, why should we bring up divisive topics about race or should we? Yeah, I heard this quote. I think this is really like if we had an office office, Austin, I would I would want this quote on on a wall somewhere. But we can. I'm sure Jerry would like do a much better job of our interior design. Um, But uh, yes, (laughs) Um, disunity is the result of necessary conversations never being had. Wow, that's good. Let me repeat. Disunity is the result of necessary conversations never being had. Um, So you're that's my answer. The, the ironic thing is in trying to preserve your unity, you can lose it if you excommunicate certain conversations. Yeah. Uh, so you have it. You have the conversations or it's to, it's to say we can pretend like this is not an issue among us. And frankly, man, I, I, I am also concerned that that's a faulty uh, – I don't want to say faulty, but maybe uh, a deficient – or a lacking view of our depravity, as if we are not susceptible to these things. And the reason you see so many Christians, I think, struggling 
with racism and white guilt like you've written about uh, and feeling like, oh my gosh, I can't ever be a racist. And that's why they get so mad if they're ever called that uh, is because they don't have categories for how to think through this as a sin that they can really commit. And that one, and then if they don't have that, then they don't have categories for the think of it, of God's grace being extended to it and being a sin they can really repent of by his mercy. And that's wonderful because as we've tried to make clear on this show with our brother Tom Terrence or anything else, God forgives racists and he died for Amen. racism too. And it's not the unforgivable sin. So let's deal with it. We deal with your porn. Let's deal with your racism. Like we let's deal with it. God, like it's actually like I am convinced as I think we all need to be convinced that racism is not greater than God's grace. Uh, and it's, as you were saying, it's not the only sin. So let's deal with it uh, and let's talk about it uh, and see that like any other sin, we need to regularly confess it and regularly repent of it and regularly root it out of our hearts because it's not, I don't understand how we have this one, one-stop shop like, oh, the 1965 Voting Rights Act happened, so it's done. It's like we don't treat anything else like that, uh, so we need not treat racism like that. Am I, am I even answering your question? I'm not sure. I think so. Let's, I mean, just to, let me try and synthesize and see if you agree. We bring up racism and what might be a temporarily divisive conversation because we hope that Christians can have a deeper unity, which is more than the absence of conflict. Yes. I would just swap out the word there, divisive with difficult conversation. I think, um, yeah. In other words, I think there's a, a difference between divisive conversations and difficult conversations, though I'm sure it's a, it's a fine line and we typically, we can easily fall into one or the other. Well, I chose divisive there because I think that's how a lot of Christians view them. Agreed. I, and I, yes. I completely agree with your distinction, but I would just ask as a follow-up, is there a way to have these conversations? Is there a way to bring up race that is divisive? Oh, yes. Oh, yeah. I mean, uh, you can be a jerk. Uh, you can act holier than thou, you know, like you... Uh, barbarian Neanderthals foaming at the mouth racist. I can't believe you would ever sin in this way. I mean, it's just, you can have the, the posture of the tax collector. Oh, thank God I'm not like them over there. And we want to be really careful about that, man. I mean, the Bible is clear. Take heed lest you fall. Yeah. And, and, and not only that, he who is caught in sin, you should restore him with the spirit of gentleness. That's what that verse is in the context of in Galatians. With gentleness. Not so I running just want to dunk on the racist. Yes. Yeah. Like, I mean, what are we trying to do? Are we for each other or against each other? Like, we're not trying to run up the score. Uh, we want to build up, not tear down. We want to come together, not be apart. So, yeah, I mean, I need help with some sins in some areas and you need help with some sin in some areas. And God has designed this thing so that we could help each other. Uh, so, yes, there there's certainly a way to go about it. Uh, wrongly. And um you know, we have to be careful about that. And uh, we can we can sometimes, what I'm trying to say is we can sometimes make the manner of which someone brings something up the problem versus the problem itself, which we've got to also be careful about that. Uh, just because my wife might not bring something up in the nicest way, there's still some truth to what she's saying. Um, so we've, we've just got to give attention to both. And I fear we're only giving attention to the manner of which things are brought up. But I think yeah, your question is still is still a good one and a right one. We can bring it up in some just downright divisive ways. And Satan is exploiting that, which is why we are on this podcast. 
certainly one of the reasons for sure. And I think there's there's different questions that different people need to answer. And yes, so that's a thing yeah. as, I mean, we're doing a podcast on race in the church. We are regularly bringing up what we understand to be sin in the body of Christ. So that's a question yeah. I need to ask myself, which is, are there ways I can do this better? I'm assuming because I'm a sinner that I'm going to do this imperfectly every time. Oh, yeah. And I that mean, man, shouldn't even, be a, that shouldn't be a reason just to dismiss me out of hand. Like you're saying. Yeah. Yes, exactly. Exactly. Like, I trust... That, like, even in that coronavirus episode we just did, uh, I was like, oh, I don't really love saying things like, oh, I went there. It kind of sounds proud. It sounds, you know, like, self-important. But look, I'm, am I going to go back and re-record the whole thing? No. Like, I, I trust that I people will extend to me the same charity that they would like me to extend to them. And that's what I would ask for. And if you listen to any of these episodes, I've had people I love tell me, you know, I don't really agree with what you said on that episode, but they're still listening. You know, they're still here. So, uh, uh, you know, we want to do, we just want our churches and our conversations to be cultures. Do we want them to be greenhouses of grace? I mean, how nice it is when you're talking to, you know, you're talking to a real friend when you are like, I can say some things imperfectly and this person is going to still love me. They're going to assume the best yes. of what I'm saying. And for whatever reason, we just don't have, or for many reasons, I'm sure we could talk about, we just don't have that kind of bandwidth and wherewithal with each other. And what I want to say is we have the Holy Spirit. We should be able to have that kind of bandwidth and wherewithal. But if we just divide and conquer and say, you know, I'm done with you. Well, uh, you know, and so at some point we have to do that. But like you said, I think that was just real, a good pastoral lens to put on this, Austin. Different people are going to have different exit points and different conversations and different questions they need to ask others and themselves. So we've got to keep that in mind. Well, let's come back to this with sort of a part two at some point, because um, I think there's more here for us. But for right now, why don't we pray for God's people and for you know, echoing the prayers of Christ for unity within his body? So I'll start. Why don't you wrap us up? Father, thank you for the grace of Christ. Thank you that even as he was facing the cross, he was praying for us, for those who would believe on the message of the apostles, that we would be mm. one. And Lord, we pray that that reality would be worked out more fully and faithfully in your church, in your churches, that we would be bold in pursuing a deeper oneness, a deeper unity in Christ that involves hard conversations that isn't afraid of them because we know the power of Christ and the power of the Holy Spirit to convict of sin, to change, and to build saints up. And so that's what we pray for. Mm -hmm. We pray for wisdom in having these hard conversations. We pray for hearts that are soft to conviction. We pray against pride. Lord, help your people to be humble and help us to mm -hmm. take correction well, all of us, to take correction well and to pursue this unity, which you say is so important. Pray for mm -hmm. this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Oh, we say it again. God, help us. Uh, we, we ask for your help. Uh, Father Austin and I ask for your grace for how we talk about these issues on this show. Forgive any yes. self-important uh, packaging or anything like that. Lord, we ask for grace to have good conversations. Uh, we ask for grace to go beyond conversations and love our neighbors well in a manifold of ways. Lord, we know that uh, racism is a, he is, a, is a monster with many heads uh, and— uh, so many different expressions of it are going to require so many different kinds of responses that all can be faithful. 
And in this, Lord, we pray uh, that we would not wrongly judge one another, as the Apostle Paul made so clear, uh, Lord, that we would go about being faithful in what you have, the work you have given us to do, uh, and that we wouldn't attack each other, but that we would attack our sin, and that includes racism. So, Father, we ask for grace for this. Uh, Lord, we thank you for how patient you are with us. You're so patient with us. Psalm 103 says that you are slow to anger, abounding in steadfast love. Uh, Lord, we want to be that with each other. Uh, Lord, we know that when we're talking about James 1.19, that we should be slow to anger and quick to listen. We should be quick to listen to your word, uh, and we should be slow to anger, Lord, with each other. We see there the church that James is writing to is undergoing difficult times, much like we are in these coronavirus days. Uh, and it's easy to be quick to speak and or quick to speak and slow to uh, listen when we should be just the opposite. So help us, God. Uh, we pray. Lord, we pray that we be united in the right things. Uh, Lord, we pray that we would we would be able to um, bear up by your Spirit under some difficult conversations. Uh, Father, we pray that we wouldn't only make race the only thing we ever talk about in our churches. Uh, Lord, we know that relational capital uh, is built by talking about other things that aren't so difficult. And yet, Lord, we pray that we wouldn't fear the things that are difficult. Uh, Lord, we pray that we would lean into them uh, with confidence, inspired by the gospel of Christ, uh, Lord, and that we would take heart. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Bro, those are good questions, man. Well, thanks for answering all my questions, brother. Those are good those are good questions, man. We need to turn it over to you more often. People are seeing the real brain behind this thing. But yeah, that was good stuff. I completely agree. <laughs> all right, friends. Well, let me take the wheel back then. Uh check us out at you or uh, youwepray.com. You can see more grace and peace. Pray.